Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on April 19th of 2010, under the headline, America's Deadliest Natural Flash Flood Happened in Hebner. Here we go. Oregon doesn't have to deal with a hurricane season or tornado warnings or golf ball-sized hail, but a town in north-central Oregon was the scene of a monster flash flood a little over 100 years ago, a flood that killed at least 247 people. The town of Hepner is located in a small, tight valley that drains into the Columbia River. In 1903, it was home to just under 1,500 people. At the bottom of the valley, a tiny and innocuous little stream runs down to the river. This is Willow Creek. It's ankle-deep for most of the year and sometimes runs dry in late summer. On June 14th of 1903, the creek looked perfectly normal. The sky, though, did not. It was rapidly darkening, and soon it unleashed a torrent of rain and hail on the town. Witnesses said they couldn't hear each other speak, and everyone ran inside to get out of it. This may be why the flood was so deadly. Not only were almost all residents of Hepner in their houses when it happened, but the rattle of the hail masked the roar of the wall of muddy water and trees and boards and cattle and sheep and other flotsam that was hurtling down the canyon toward the village. Witnesses said the wall of water was 40 to 50 feet high, which seems very unlikely. Engineers afterward claimed it was 6 feet high, which also seems unlikely. In any case, a wall it was, and it picked up dozens of occupied houses and swept them downstream. When it was over, a third of the town was gone, and many other houses were full of mud and debris from the high water. Most of the residential area of town was gone, and the business district was badly damaged. Immediately after the disaster, two Hepner residents, Leslie Matlock and Bruce Kelly, took off on horseback racing the flood in a bid to get to Lexington and Ione, which were further down the canyon. The flood had put the telephone and telegraph lines out of service and badly damaged the railroad line, so it was the only possible way to warn the downstream towns. The riders had to stop along the way to cut their way through barbed wire fences, and they got to Lexington just a few minutes too late. But the floodwaters were slowing down, and the two riders passed the crest on the way to Ione and arrived in time to give the warning. Among those who were caught in the torrent, survivors were few. One lucky family rode downstream in their submerged house up to their necks in water and were able to escape when it fetched up against another structure. But for the most part, those caught in the flood drowned. And when it was over, the survivors in Hepner had an awful job ahead of them. A quote from the Portland Oregonian, reprinted in Den Auden's article in the Oregon Historical Quarterly, sums it up. Quote, Scenes at Hepner are indescribable in their gruesomeness, their anguish, their awful desolation. No pen can exaggerate the horrors they present. Every heap of debris may contain a human forming decomposition. Many do reveal such spectacles when uncovered, and meantime Willow Crick, as if to mock the dead, has returned to a purling brooklet. 
This tiny town had, in an hour or so, experienced the worst non-dam-related flash flood disaster in U.S. history, before or since, as measured by deaths. The official count was 247 killed. Roughly one out of every six Hepner residents was dead. Today, 107 years later, the debris is gone and the damage repaired or cleaned up. But you can still see the effects of the flood with a stroll through the Hepner Cemetery, located on a hill above town. On headstone after headstone, you'll find carved with chilling insistence the same date of death. June 14, 1903. Key sources in this article have included works by Bob Den Auden and NOAA.gov. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Organ History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.